all these traditions, jack-o'-lanterns, putting on costumes, handing out treats. They were started to protect us, but nowadays, no one really cares. <laughs> do such a good job, did I? What do you think? <coughs> hey. Okay. Need a rope here? Wait. That's right. There's another tradition. Very important. Always check your candy. It's the invasion of the podcast. Happy Halloween. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, um, I, I played that for my wife when I put it together. And she's like, I can't, I can't. I can't. She's going. I'm going to throw up. Um, and so she's like, "How?" She's like, "Someone's going to get sick." To I'm like, "I don't." I was like, "You know." If, so sorry. Maybe I don't know. But I just. <laughs> I just like that it ends with Happy Halloween and Brian Cox yelling, <laughs> "Screw you. you!" Yeah. So. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to make you throw up immediately um, upon listening to the show. Um, which is fair because all, all I do is vomit boards for two hours at a time anyway. So I'm Paul on my left, Steve. Hello, everyone. And we're in our spooky October finale. Like, like it's been it's been fun, but I'm glad that we're at the end here. Halloween is technically tomorrow. This episode will come out on Halloween. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we got another. We're gonna be talking about Trick or Treat, the film from well. The year it was made and the year it was released are two different years. Yeah, uh, 2007 we'll, and I believe released in 2009. Yeah, and we'll talk a little bit about that when we get there. Uh, a fun one to end it all on because it is dealing with Halloween night. Yeah. So we'll get there uh, and we got some news and Steve has a game of Would You Rather. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get to all that and more. Uh, I'd say we talk about our weekends, which the nice thing is uh, a lot of it kind of overlapped because you had a Halloween party at your place and um, I, I got really really drunk there so that's uh <laughs> oh i pre-partied before we got there and it did was, you really yeah because okay. that's i was like you know because like you know i knew my wife would have to go early because she has to work the next day i'm like i'm 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 good and then you know so you being the gracious host that you are with your wife made these like adult like trick-or-treat bags yeah that was full of various candies and little tiny balls of liquor and when I started noticing that like people weren't really grabbing the bags, I went looking for the liquor, and I uh, <laughs> I found a lot of it. And um, yeah, it was uh, I was I was I was a bit of a hot mess. I, like uh, <laughs> let's just be honest. I had I was wearing a cape. I was wearing other things. And over the course of the evening, I lost various parts of my outfit. Yes. Um, and I, I you I know you texted me, which I had the most awkward Uber ride home because I'm I'm just there blasted, wearing like you know, part of a costume, <laughs> like, and I'm trying to call my wife because I because my she had my key, so I was like trying to like make sure she was awake, and no answer, no answer, no answer, and the guy's like, so like the Buckeyes, I'm like, Ugh. like he's trying to talk about sports, <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't want to be like. Left on my front porch all night, just wearing like green gym shorts and like moon boots, yeah, and like no coat. So like it was. Um, but then you you text me like, "Did you make it home okay?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm wrecked, but I got home." And you're like, "Great!" And I'm like, "Do you have my cape?" You're like, "I have your cape." Yeah, 
I thought I lost my other parts of my outfit, which were a pair of oven mitts, uh, you know, because it's my Professor Chaos outfit that I made a couple years ago for uh, Comic-Con. And I have a helmet that I didn't have either one of those when I left your house. So I'm like, I don't know where this stuff is. And I text you looking for the oven mitts. You're like, I'll look around. I walk out to my car on on uh, Monday morning. I look in the back seat; it's all there. So, because <laughs> my wife had driven my car home, but it was like one of those things where it felt like I was like finding, getting my life back together piece by piece. Like, <laughs> like that's where it is. So, yeah, uh, a fun party. Um, whew. Yeah, Sunday was slow going. After that, I'll say that. Yeah, uh, didn't do a whole heck of a lot on Sunday. Um, I mean, I threw up. I don't know if that's... <laughs> I cleaned Woo! up after yeah. the party uh, on Sunday. Uh, my wife, who had stayed up, she had friends that she hadn't seen in, from high school, she hadn't seen in years, who came to the party. Uh, they stayed up till 5 in the morning. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that, so... that may have been fun, but probably frustrating. Uh, I went to sleep at like 1. Okay. So... Um, she basically slept on Sunday and I got to spend the day cleaning and up from uh, all the chaos of the party. So, uh, my weekend was pretty much, uh, Friday, get home from work, uh, spend the entire night and day of, uh, part of, of Saturday cleaning the house and getting ready for the party. Uh, I mean, we didn't even get all of our decorations out. I mean, it was... You got the, the large inflatable sandworm, which yes. I'd forgotten that you guys had gotten. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the sandworm from Beetlejuice, although he's down again. And <laughs> I'm like, I, I know what my wife's going to say. Cause I, I feel like we might as well just take it down. Cause I think it's supposed to be like high winds tomorrow. It's not going to be able to be up tomorrow anyway. Yeah. And like, we might as well just bring it in the house because it's just sitting deflated on the lawn right now. <laughs> we might as well just bring it in, but... Um yeah, I mean it was a, it was a good good party, good time. Um got to see a friend of mine who is my best man at my wedding. He was able to make it uh albeit briefly, he at least was able to stop in. Um he lives an hour and a half away, so for him to even show up was awesome. Oh wow. Um Yeah, it was a, it was a good time. Uh lots of alcohol was consumed. Um and we still have uh Lots of candy slash, um, well, not so much candy left, but uh, we had a lot of leftovers. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you had a lot of pizzas there. That was yeah. great too. Um, so yeah, so Saturday, I'm sorry, Sunday. I won't go too much farther into this. Uh, I did something I don't normally do aside from throwing up, which was that was uh, it. It was weird too. It was like I was up for like two hours and just kind of like doing my thing and all of a sudden i just stood up like weird and i'm like uh-oh and it was just like <laughs> up to that point it's like i you know i didn't feel great after the night i had right. but i didn't feel bad and i'm like oh oh uh-oh it just, just yeah it was not great um but then i felt a lot better after i ended up watching um four movies uh over the course of sunday and i don't watch that like i consume a lot of media but for me to watch movies back to back to back is not common yeah um so I watched a film from 2018 called Greta. I just would recommend almost like sight unseen. It's a it's a kind of a psychological twisty type of film. It's on HBO right now. It has a uh, Chloe uh, Grace Moritz okay. uh, in it. Uh, it is it's it's good and it goes some dark places and that's what that's all I'll say about it because the less you know the better. So it's a lot of fun. I don't think many people were talking about it from last year. Um, but yeah, it was a cool movie. And then I watched both the Happy Death Day movies. I'd never seen them before. They were fun. The second one benefited from me just watching the first one immediately before, though. Okay. Because I feel like had I waited two years between, I'd have been like, I don't know about this, but there were some good jokes that actually paid off in the second one that they didn't lay any groundwork for 
in the second movie, but were all throughout the first one. So it almost felt like like a movie and not a true sequel, but like a point five. Yeah. Like, and I, it was fun. Like, those are fun movies. Yeah, I wish uh, the second one would have done better, uh, simply because they're not making a third now, and there's, you know, the end of the movie, they kind of reveal, like, where they're going to go in the third one, and I think it would have been fun to see, but, uh, yeah, I I didn't expect to like the first one, and then I watched it, and I was really charmed by it, and then uh, when you posted on your Facebook uh, about watching the second one, somebody was like, second one's terrible, and I'm like, I disagree, I think it's a lot of fun, I mean, it's not... It's, it's not a horror science film. Fiction, yeah, which but... good on them to, to pivot. You yeah. know, like that's fine. Like, I, whatever. I, it, it, like, can you get like the 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 thing I'll say about both films, aside from the fact that they actually have some legitimate like funny moments in both, mm-hmm. is that there's actually like some like heartfelt character earning moments for the main character. Like mm-hmm. in terms of like this could be an easy toss off gimmick movie, but there's some good emotional payoff for both both challenges that she encounters in the first film and growing as a person and then the second one of being like you get what you want is it really what you deserve right so i I dug it yeah that character of uh tree yeah uh she uh what's interesting about her character in the first one is, is she starts off as the typical like bitchy sort of you know she's not the final girl yeah Yeah, she's she's the one who would get killed in a movie yeah yeah um, but throughout the the movie, she becomes sort of the final girl and, and grows as a person. So yeah, so yeah, definitely recommend them. Uh, a lot of fun. Then I ended up watching Trick or Treat that night because I'm like, well, I'm already couch locked because I yeah. might as well watch it. So <laughs> yeah, it was just a very slow moving Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So um, oh, and I forgot to mention Friday night. This real quick, I went to go see The Lighthouse. That's the new uh, David Eggers. I think it's the director. The guy did The Witch. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that movie's going to divide a lot of people. I'll just say that. Okay. Have you seen The Witch? Uh, yes. Well, okay. no. Okay, so. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just, own The were Witch. You, were you just trying to say it sound cool? You're like, yeah, I've seen Oh, no, I've never seen that. No, I, I, I own The Witch. And from everything I've heard about that movie, like, I need to be in kind of the proper point of, of a proper frame of mind to watch it. Yeah. And for whatever reason, I'm always like, oh, should I sit down and watch this? Because I'm not really sure, like... I've heard comparisons to The Exorcist and The Exorcist's movie where, not in, in tone or anything like that, but just in that, I, I can't just sit down on a Friday and be like, throwing The Exorcist on. I have to yeah. be in a mood to watch The Exorcist. And I understand that's sort of how The Witch is. I would almost argue that it's very similar in feel to like, you got to be in the right headspace when you watch Hereditary. Okay. Where it's like, you got to be paying attention, you got to be locked in. For me, watching The Witch, I had to turn the subtitles on because even though they're speaking English, I had no idea what they're saying half the time because it's like very rooted in that time, like okay. that, that that colonial time. Uh, so, but yeah, it's cool. But I'll say this: once you eventually watch it, I'm sure you'll dig it. Uh, for a lot of people saying that The Witch was slow and hard to get into, um, that is that is way more commercially approachable than The Lighthouses. <laughs> it was it was it's a cool movie worth watching. I just it it just takes a turn like not as in just like not any individual point it's just it just starts going it's just doing its own thing like halfway through you're like I don't is this reality is this not real I don't know and it just kind of it's very like startling imagery it's all black and white and it's all shot in um like um a four by three aspect ratio so it's square okay almost the entire time uh and it's just like Willem Dafoe is just it's just a force of nature being this haggard old like sea captain type guy. And then Robert Pattinson, like it's just the two of them, the whole movie. And okay. it, it, I would just say 
it's a movie definitely worth watching and discussing and digging into. It is not going to be everybody's cup of tea. And okay. it's being marketed as like this horror film, and it has elements, but I think it's because A24 doesn't know what else to do with it because people know David Eggers and they know The Witch. Right. And I think a lot of people are going to walk in and be like, yeah, and they're going to be like, what did we just watch? And, <laughs> you know. All right. So, well, yeah. uh, as we're getting out of the Halloween season, maybe I'll, I'll make a point to uh, watch The Witch because um, that's perfectly on time. To- yeah, I think I think you dig it. But all right. So that that was our weekends. A bunch of partying, a bunch of drinking tiny bottles and then uh, me watching movies and, you know, and Steve cleaning up. Thankfully, yeah. thankfully, hopefully I didn't cause any destruction to be cleaned up. Uh, no, no, there was no vomiting in the house. Well, so no, I just, I, I, I saved my vomit for home, thank you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it wasn't like, you know, somebody like ripped down a, you know. <laughs> like, like I just fell over you guys' cat tree and just knocked it right. over. Like, <laughs> um, all right, yeah, so that was our weekend. Let's just, uh, let's just get to the news. everyone uh so the first one is good news we don't always start with good news but because of a record-breaking first season in terms of like viewership and subscriptions uh creep show which we talked about in the very first uh episode of this month uh the show and the movie the creep show series has been picked up for a second season yeah i was really excited to see this i'm still i think i'm an episode behind right now but uh uh, i was really excited to see that they're gonna continue doing it i mean it was maybe they could buy a camera what? Maybe they can spy a, ca- a camera, not like a digital camera. Okay. I just, just, I'll get, I'll get to it. Everything, everybody keeps saying it keeps getting better and better. It's just I have that one, that one technical hangup. It's like, give, give me a, an archaic looking puppet that Good you have. Good news, everyone. We've gotten renewed for season two. Good. Let me shit on it. Yes. No. Just get a, get a camera. That'd be great. Um. So no. Good. Good. Good for Shutter. Like. We're not, we're fast approaching this huge split off of every company th- that has skin in the game wanting to have their own streaming service. Yeah, and we're actually going to have a story that kind of talks about that here in a second. Um, actually, directly talk about it. But Shutter's been kind of there for a while, and them and they've put out original content, but like them getting Joe Bob uh, Briggs in for his one last drive in that broke like the app. Yeah. And have now convinced him, they've signed him on to do other specials. That's a big draw. Yeah, he yeah. just did a, a Halloween one that, uh, unfortunately, I've not had time to sit down and watch. Granted, they're all movies that I've seen. It's Halloween uh, 1, 4, and 5, which I wouldn't watch 5. But um, <laughs> I I really haven't had... Like, I, I said this off ca- uh, off camera, off mic uh, to you uh, we- a week ago. If we like, get renewed for a second season, I'll definitely buy a camera. <laughs> uh, October has not been the October that I wanted it to be. Um, it's been crazy and busy, and unfortunately, I haven't got to enjoy the season as much as I would like. Um, and that includes getting to watch movies, even revisiting old movies, because I, I made quite a bit of a point this past year to not really indulge in old favorites um, and really try and watch newer movies. I shouldn't even say newer movies, movies I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, Cause uh, you know, we all have a you know point where it's just like you want to sit down with something cause it's comfort food. Um, I've been really striving all year not to do that. And now it was October is like, well, this is the time that I can just sort of like indulge all those comfort movies that I love all those horror movies didn't really get to do that. So 
Um, with Shudder, I haven't gotten a chance to really dig into a lot of their content because there are movies on there that I haven't seen. Um, there's a, um, I believe it's Japanese, uh, it might be Chinese, which is awfully. I know you're talking about I that. Was it, it. Um, here, here there be tigers or whatever. It's well, called. there's that, but there's also um, uh, one cut of the dead, which is supposed to be like this brilliant. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, zombie yeah. film. Um, I haven't had a chance to sit down and watch that. Um, I, I know there's uh, like I don't know 15 movies that I threw up in my queue that I'm like, oh, I've never seen Ganja and Hess. Throwing that in there, um, and I haven't gotten to any of them. <laughs> so, but yeah, so but good for Shutter that they actually. That they took a chance on making an anthology show that is is definitely in their wheelhouse in terms of like the the people that they want to make this for, but they got the right people, you know, the right care, and it, they've been rewarded, and they're going to reward us with more episodes. So yeah, I mean, I subscribe specifically because of the Creep Show show. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, good news there. Uh, regardless of what I have, I feel about the actual camera part of it. All right. Um, this actually, you know what? We'll do the the next story here about uh, with Disney acquiring Fox, and with Disney fast approaching the release of their you know their streaming service Disney Plus, uh, they're they've been quietly uh, taking Fox movies and putting it into their own vault, meaning that there's a lot of like you know like we like we have the Cleveland Cinemas here and they'll like do their midnight movies and they'll show Aliens or The Fly or whatever. And depending upon the chain, Disney's been saying, like, you can't have it. Yeah. And I think it's because they're worried about, like, that if these chains are showing non, like, Disney films predominantly, then why should they let you have access to their vault? That's kind of where I, I feel like that's where the story is. Is that they're, like, quietly nudging these theaters to be like, well, if you want this stuff, then you got to program more of our stuff. See, I read it as uh, them trying to keep stuff away simply because they want to push their streaming services. So um, that's that's interesting. I didn't pick up on that when I initially read the article. But again, it was uh, an article that came out. I mean, it is almost a week old at this point, um, but it keeps popping up my newsfeed. Like friends keep posting it like, oh, my God, did you see this kind of thing? Um, I will say that... Uh, you know, it doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense to me. Like I, I again, yeah, it's it, it's Disney. So on the one hand, we want to cheer and love them for what they've done with Marvel, and we want to love Disney Plus. You know, we've got high hopes on you know for things like the Mandalorian and the Marvel shows that are coming and all that stuff. But at the same time, I mean, I guess this is also what kind of got them to where they are. It was just being bastards with their content. So. Yeah, I just I don't know. I don't know who wins in this because it's not like I, I don't know. I if you're showing these films for a reason, like in the sense of like, it, it, like the what was it? We just had the the what was it? The fortieth of uh, Alien. I think that's that's yeah. the big thing, right? It's like people are still interested in this, and guess what, Disney? You now own it. Like, don't you? Wouldn't you want people actively still and like you know indulging in the thing? that you now own and can say, you know what, gauge it upon this people's interest, maybe we'll do something else. Like, and this product is already made. It's like, I, how it can still make you a little bit of money. Like, no, nah, I'm not talking like this is going to be gangbusters, but the product's already there. Like people are coming to, to it again. So like, this can't be a financially motivated thing. I think it's just more of a branding thing. I feel like the fathom events have become more popular as, uh, the last few years have gone on with re-releases of, you know, 
one night onlys or, you know, yeah. see it on Sunday or see it at three o'clock on Tuesday, which I always find weird where it's like you can see it Sunday afternoon or Tuesday. It's like or be an old person. Why, and go. Like, yeah. Why not just throw it on for the weekend? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, three screenings, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. Like I. I that's just me though. Um, so but the one film they haven't touched though, did you read this part of the article? I, no. I, like the one film that, that Disney is not gonna to say anything about because they realize that they'd be picking a fight that would only go poorly is Rocky Horror. Like oh, that's the okay. one that's still that like every time it's like being shown or request to be shown, there's been no comment on it because it has such a distinct like midnight following that if they got pulled, you know, you know, I mean, there's Rocky Horror fans, but I feel like that would cause such a crazy ripple. Right. But that's the one that, that they have not touched yet. But, you know, going back to the Fallon thing that I was mentioning is is that, like, the the 40th of Alien, they did some, a Fathom event for, yeah. you know? And that's fine and all, but, like, I, I love when a theater, you know, a place like the Capitol or something has a special screening of something. And it sucks that unless it's part of some sort of event that it's probably not going to happen with a film that now comes from the Fox vault slash Disney vault. Yeah. And, and it just, if it's a matter of playing ball or not, I, I think, I think like something like Cleveland cinema shows that they, they regularly show like yeah. Disney products. So it shouldn't be, I don't, I, I get it. That business can, can move and lean and cause other things to do what they want by their sure force of will and size. Right. Uh, it's just, this, this isn't a good look. I, I guess it's whole like we get excited whenever Disney buys something. They're like we're gonna they're gonna handle it well, and then they're like, oh, by the way, you don't know about these unintended consequences. Mm. I just, I I really don't know what there is to gain out of this other than exerting more control, which I guess ultimately is what they want. You know, so I don't. It's frustrating. It's just a frustrating thing. Yeah, and I will say, you know, as I've gotten older the appeal of going to the theater has become less and less, even though I still love going to the movies. I don't go out, unfortunately, to films a lot of the time just simply because I want to avoid the hassle unless it's a big release. But the other way to get me to the theater are putting movies that I love in on the big screen because I know I can't see it that way. Yeah. Again, for, you know, maybe ever. Yeah. No, it's, I mean... That's why you and I went to go see Aliens in the theater. It's like, yeah, you need just... I'd never seen it on the big screen. Yeah, I was, you know, totally gaga for it. Yeah, that's I mean, like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Definitely never seen that before. Fell asleep halfway through, but I got to see it. <laughs> I don't blame the film just a little bit. Like, <laughs> it was also midnight. Uh, anyway, but yeah, just keep an eye out if you guys see like a local theater nearby playing something that's Fox, like, or, you know, older Fox. You, you might want to go see it while it's still there before either Disney pulls the plug. Because there's some instances in the story that's on Vulture that Disney was calling up like a day or two before the yeah. screen and be like, you guys can't have this. It's like that. And that that also puts a bad taste in the mouth of the moviegoer. Right. Because they're going to think like it's not their fault, but the theater can't be like, well, it's Disney's fault. It's like we set aside time. We look forward to this. And now you're pulling the rug out from under us. You know, so I don't know. It's just it's not a good, not a fun story. But just one to keep an eye on as these companies start consolidating and getting bigger and bigger and they have more and more catalog. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, speaking of other studios that aren't making good ideas, um, universal looks like, uh, Paul Fig, uh, who was behind bridesmaids and the most recent ghostbusters film 
is supposedly uh, working on a film called Dark Army, which he said he passed a script off to Universal to the Dark Universe people. So it sounds like Universal is not giving up on the idea of a connected cinematic universe involving their monsters. Yeah, which I find interesting because I I thought that Blumhouse, uh, towards the beginning of the year, had gotten the rights to do an Invisible Man movie. And I thought that that was where that was going, was they would do a slow rollout with the monster films that Blumhouse would be handling. So um, it's really hard to tell from the title Dark Army what it is. I know that in the article, Feig says that uh, he wanted it to be like a James Whale film, which... For those of you who don't know who James Whale is, he did the original Invisible Man. He did um, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Those are the three big ones for Universal that he did. Um, and they're gorgeous movies. I mean, they're still to this day, like, there's things in The Invisible Man that you're like, how the hell did they do this in, like, 1930? Um, and Frankenstein, obviously, and Bride of Frankenstein, they're the two most iconic, I think. I mean, maybe Dracula runs uh, a higher point you know when it comes to like being iconic but both of those films i think are the epitome of the um universal monsters um those classic films so clearly he's looking to do something like that and i'm curious to know what it is but i don't know if it's if it really is going to be something that's going to be a reboot of their dark universe or if it's going to be a one-off like a they yes he talked to the dark universe people but is it really going to be something that's going to kickstart their universe again because i really think that they should be gun shy about banding <laughs> about kicking off their uh universe their they're, they're going to do the dc so they're going to do the warner Bros. thing of saying well no until they get the hit they'll be like oh yeah like it's right. going to be this isn't our plans in the moment the box office comes out they're like here's our plans <laughs> like <laughs> You guys thought we didn't have this figured out, but we were just hoping, you know, like, yeah. So I, I just think, I think what happened and I've not seen the, the new mummy film with Tom Cruise. It's just from everything I read about it, Tom Cruise kept like making changes because he's Tom Cruise and made the film about him and yeah. not the mummy and turned into an action film and not a horror film. And it's like. Well, yeah. I mean, The Mummy had been turned into an action film 20 years well, prior that, with the Brendan fair. Fraser movie, but that was like an Indiana Jones-style mummy movie where the mummy is still pretty prevalent throughout that film. Yeah, but uh, like the Volpe, Volpe, Pulpy, um, like serial like type of vibe of that, and that kind of horror, I think that works really well together. Yeah. But turning this into like a modern-day Tom Cruise actioner, again, I haven't seen it, and I, I am, I, I know Steve is not, I still do like Tom Cruise action films, but I don't know if trying to, to crowbar in one in the middle of this like you know universal reboot you know this thing um i don't know how successful that was but we'll see we'll see what happens i'm sure i'm sure either this will this, this project will just disappear whenever you hear about it again or it'll suddenly <laughs> show up and be like oh shit that's happening again you know like it's just universal need they, they're but, gonna they're gonna argue that they need something because we just talked about how like all this content's like being like sucked up and it's like and universal is still like they they still do have the monsters like they have yeah. their monsters and and then uh, Paul Feig will want to cast all of them as women <laughs> and fanboys will lose their mind and boycott the movie without seeing it. The Bride of Frankenstein should not be a woman. <laughs> well, like whatever. Anyway, uh, so yeah, there you Wolf go. Man, not Wolf Woman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I, I don't even want to get started Stop on that. Stop yeah. pushing your agenda on us, you social warriors. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, yeah. social justice social warriors, whatever. Social warriors, yeah. Yeah. Social worker warriors. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, that's it. That, that's that's it for our news. No, like, hooray for Shutter. Um, boo on Disney and huh for Universal. I yeah. guess like that's that's my three physical reactions to that. I don't know. It's an interesting, you know, premise. I, I like what when he says he wants to make a James Whale film. I'm like, okay, I'm I'm on board. But beyond just, that, just get yeah. Del Toro involved and this sneak Hellboy in and make that kind of weird universe with all the monsters. Yeah, but you get David Harbour to play Hellboy. Whatever. I don't like, I, I've <laughs> not seen, kidding. I haven't, I haven't seen, seen the new it. one, but could you imagine if like that they just with the Del Toro and was like, we want you to oversee the five universal monster films and like pick your crew. And like how, how amazing would that be? I think he would, he would just like, have you seen a uh, Crimson Peak? Uh no, for whatever reason in my head, I immediately thought of Crimson Tide. Yeah, no, it's, and then I'm like, it, we al- own, almost the same movie. No, uh, but we own Crimson Peak. My wife bought it. She watched it before I got a chance to watch it, and she was like, ah, it's really boring, and she didn't like it. So I have not I mean, watched it's it. It's a gothic romance with like ghosts in it. But well, it's that's like, the type of movie she would love. So if she was bored, I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I, I think you dig it. It's not, it's not a horror film, even though it has like horror elements, and there is some pretty dark things going on but it's more of a love story okay. but like you can just tell del toro just loves that type of like imagery and everything so it's just you like i like him doing like a, a frankenstein would be amazing you know like i would like to see something like that i mean i honestly wish that they would find people you know the way that kevin feige and again this is us tooting the horn of marvel slash disney but, like, if you're going to do that, you find somebody who is passionate and loves that material the way that Kevin Feige loves Marvel. Yeah. You know? And I think that's the only way to really do a universe at this point if you're trying to start it off. Yeah, so. that, that's fair. All right. So, okay, enough about news. Um, let's just get into our spooky ending for the month uh, and with October and Trick or Treat. And now for our feature presentation. So I know I, I, I had tasked Steve with co- coming up movies for the month to watch, and then I then I kind of messed him up by bringing in other films over the course of the month. Well, um, I mean, three of the films that I chose got in. Yeah, it's so. true. I mean, considering that we were only going to do four weeks, and I'm like, we'll do a fifth week. It's fine and everything. <laughs> so, um, so you had this was the one that you had picked. One of these you had picked though. So first, why did um, why did you pick Trick or Treat to be part of this anthology spookiness spectacular? Invasion. So I think it's fairly documented that I love Halloween. Um, yeah, and... I mean, you haven't really been shown it this month, though. <laughs> um, when it comes to, you know, Halloween movies, obviously that franchise sort of dominates in a lot of people's brains. But, uh, and I don't remember, maybe it was 2008 when I first started hearing about this movie. Um, I remember just being like, hearing all these like rave reviews of it. And uh, it finally got this slow, and we could talk about this, this sort of slow death of a release where it finally just came out on DVD with no fanfare or anything like that. And I snapped it up the the opening week that it was out, and I watched it, and I was just in love with that movie. That movie captures the feeling of Halloween for me. Uh, even more so than the Halloween movies do. Like, the movie feels like Halloween. And I think part of the reason is is that uh, Michael Doherty, who is the director and writer of the film, 
grew up in Ohio, and it feels like Ohio in that movie. Like it feels <laughs> the way it feels like it does outside right now. I mean, granted, it's a little bit nicer because right now it's rainy and crappy, but it it definitely feels like an autumn night in October. Um, and every little thing about the movie is very it's you can you can feel his passion throughout that entire movie. Um, how much he loves the holiday and the care that's given to all the stories within. And so um, if people have not seen this, then I recommend that you should, because this movie's awesome. I'm just going to throw one of these out here, because as we do. Do you know why they are called spoilers? It would be tough to, to talk about this film and not, you know, spoil some of it. It's not, I mean, it is an anthology film, but the way it is woven together does not feel like an anthology film. Like in the sense of like you're picking up, it's it's on Halloween night and there was a Warren Valley, Ohio, which is not a place. It sounds like it could be, you know, right. like um, uh, and it, it deals with this town that for whatever reason, Halloween's become like a big deal there and people come in and like it's almost like like you hear about Ohio University's Halloween parties that they have. Yeah. Like it's supposed to be like this big deal, right? Yeah, I um, really want to. I I would love to go and just be in a Halloween parade that. That, uh, well, are, isn't there like that little small town on the uh, the, the western edge of Ohio? Like, we've talked about going there, but it's like such a long drive. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, oh, the name of it's escaping me now, but uh, it, it's like south of like um, it's got like, like Foy's Halloween costumes. Yeah, it's like and, south yeah. of Lima or whatever. It's like on the, the border of Ohio and Indiana, right? I think I it's think somewhere so. over there. Yeah, but they they do. It, it's very much like a Halloween town type of thing. Um, so. Yeah, so you got this town that's like their that's their you know big time of the year. Uh, you got like like high school bands, like drum, like marching bands playing. You have parades. You have like costume stores that actually have costumes available at night to buy, like on the streets. Which <laughs> I I got watched it All again. Right, admittedly, uh, that part's that, a little far fetched. Yeah, it was funny. It was like it was not a spirit store. Like it looks like a legitimate costume <laughs> shop. Um, and it it just that was the one thing watching it again. I'm like, wait, they they still they're someone's buying costumes that like nine o'clock at night on Halloween night <laughs> in this town and they have sizes available of, every, of everything that works for them. Like right. that, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> if, if that's the only problematic logic I have for that entire film full of all sorts of supernatural things that I, I think that's like, I'm doing, I'm doing pretty good, not nitpicking the movie. Right. Um, but the whole thing, it just, the, the movie is, it is told out of order. It does cross cut across various storylines with um, with things seeming kind of out of place to begin with that have payoffs later. And then there's p- things you see later that pay off things earlier in the film that you weren't even thinking about. Like it's it's a really cool. Um, you could tell that um, you, Mike. Uh, what's you say his last name was uh, Doherty. Doherty. I keep wanting to say Daughtry, like the band. That's not right. <laughs> Doherty. Um, he was yeah. great on American Idol. He yeah. almost won. He almost won. You could tell that he he thought a lot about the story and was able to like picture like the town in his head and just basically have like a bird's eye view and swoop in when he wanted. And you actually see some characters that like at the very beginning, there's a husband and wife uh, that are wrapping up their Halloween celebration and the wife saying she hates Halloween, but yet their yards decorated pretty crazy. Yeah. Throw it out there. And then uh, the husband there, you know, calling it a night and he, and she goes to blow out the candle, the jack-o'-lantern. He's like, it's bad luck. Don't do that. And so, like, their story ends pretty quickly. However, you see them through the whole entire movie yeah. in various stages of the night, like, wandering around. Like, there's even the payoff. Like, so the the, the wife has, a, like, a cardboard robot costume. One of the, um, the pipe arms is stretched longer than the other. I didn't realize until watching this time through that you see that happen in the movie. 
whenever um, the one victim's reaching out on the street to get help. Yeah. And she grabs her, her sleeve and it pulls it down. Like, that pays off. There was no reason <laughs> for this to ever pay off. But right. it's like, oh, well, that's why that happened. You know, like, so there's this detail that's just swirling throughout this movie of continuity that it is broken apart at times like a Tarantino narrative. It, yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's a Pulp Fiction of Halloween movies, yeah, I guess, is the best that, way to put it. That's probably the best way to put it. And interspersed, you have, like, the character of Sam. Who is this little? Looks like uh, a kid in foot of pajamas with a really large head with a sack on. That it looks really cute while he has the mask on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you watched the animated short that? Uh, yeah, Sam season's comes greetings. From? Yeah, okay. it's it, it's been a while, but I know it's on the DVD that we have. Um, which that's all this how this all started was original little short, uh, and then he got the opportunity to make this. Um, and so when we talk about the eventual release of this film. It was shot in 2007, and because Brian Singer was a producer on it, and also since uh, uh, Michael uh, Dotry, I just, keep, I, just I don't know why that name's so hard for me to say because it shouldn't be that hard, had actually co-written Superman Returns with Singer, and that movie did not perform to expectations for Warner Brothers, and so there's a lot of suspicion that higher ups at Warner Brothers was kind of pissed at Singer and anything he was kind of doing. And they kind of took, and also uh, Daughtry, Doherty, Doherty, think like Shannon Doherty, Doherty, Doherty. All right. I'm not, I'm drinking caffeine free soda, diet soda. I'm not even touching alcohol. Little bottles of alcohol. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's actually (laughs) a little tiny bottle of fireball inside of this can that I'm drinking. Yes. uh, you know, uh, Doherty. Yeah, uh, there you go. Thank you for putting the Shannon in front of that. So Shannon Doherty made uh, Trick or Treat in my <laughs> mind. Um, so it feels like there was kind of Warner Brothers kind of pissed at the both of them for not delivering on uh, Superman Returns. So this thing kind of got shelled for two years and was only shown at festivals. Yeah, uh, on the uh, – and I, again, I I should just work for uh, Scream Factory because uh, every time I get a movie from them, I'm, I just always rave about it. But uh, – uh, three of the releases that we've uh, talked about uh, on this show have I've had no, because I I bought Tales for the Hood for uh, for this as well from Shout Factory. So all four of the films that aren't uh, with with the exception of Trilogy of Terror, um, I own Scream Factory releases of, and there's a wonderful special edition Blu-ray of um, Trick or Treat that was put out by Shout Factory, and. Uh, he talks about the release of the film. Part of it, he says, I guess they didn't know how to handle the marketing of the film, um, which is interesting because he would later make a Christmas horror movie in a similar vein called Krampus that I don't think they knew how to market either, uh, but that at least got released. He did, yeah. Um, but what's interesting about that is, is he's, he talks about they didn't know how to market it, <clears throat> the... You know, the market at the time was remakes. Um, like Saw was also dominating a lot of that Saw stuff. Saw dominating. Uh, I hate. I don't really like the the term torture porn because I don't. I think it's. I, I, that's a whole. Other there was discussion. a lot of that type type of film, and also a lot of like you said, like uh, there was a lot of the J horror remakes. Yeah. a lot of that going around at the time. Um, so they're like, this is here's this like horror movie that's scary at times, but it's more funny in a lot of places and. Um, they didn't really know what to do with it, which is ironic because uh, I look at that movie now and I think that it is 
it seems to be growing every year. Like there seems to be more trick or treat stuff uh, out on the shelves every oh, yeah. year. Yeah, like um, well, it was at Spirit Store. Like they, you have the very iconic um, the orange lollipop yeah. that's like bit that yeah. looks like the jack lantern with like the sharp edges. I see that all the time now to buy as like just a, a prop to have. Like, yeah, they had official, uh, I believe, costumes this year. Um, I believe Sideshow has released a couple of different like trick or treat toys. Um, uh, but what's funny is is that it, it's this wonderful Halloween movie that almost encapsulates everything that's kind of great about the 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 holiday itself, and then I think has become the movie that. People now, people now, I think, identify it in the same way they identify Carpenter's Halloween with the holiday. And for Warner Brothers slash, I think, Legendary, yeah, it's this huge misstep. Like, they didn't know what to do with it. They didn't know what they had. And now it's this beloved movie. And I realize that we're not even really talking about the movie here in this instance, but there were talks of trick-or-treat too and doherty was signed on to do them mm-hmm. and that's sort of just falling apart right now there was an article with him he's like yeah i don't really know where it's at right now he's like i kind of like the fact that the first one's still living on and it's sort of this perfect thing that people love now um he didn't say perfect i used that word but like he's like i like that it's this thing that people are gravitate towards too and it's this one movie um he's like you know if the chance does come up to do it i will still do it but I don't understand. Like, I don't understand why we're not seeing a trick or treat movie every couple of years. Like, yeah, I, especially now that it had, <laughs> it's had time to grow, and like we talk about that mind share of like known properties, right? Like, yeah. uh, and this seems like this would be almost a no brainer because you look at the cast. Like, it, there's a lot of like you know bigger names in yeah. it, even for the time. Like, uh, like Anna Pack one. Uh, this was before. She was in True Blood, wasn't she? It's before True, True Blood. Blood it's it's like post X Men, yeah. Before True Blood, yeah. So I mean, then you have um like I, I Dylan Baker may not be the biggest name to like people, but you know him and recognize him. Like he's a good get. You have freaking Brian Cox in this thing. Yeah. Like you have like you. <laughs> what so? I just want to interject yeah, this really quick because uh, I thought this was funny. Something I didn't know and I learned on the commentary for uh, Trick or Treat was uh. Brian Cox based his look on John Carpenter, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's evidently the bit whenever Sam uh, is like his hand is coming back to him. Yeah. Uh, and then Brian Cox is like, you know, like he, he drops a big F bomb. It's it's verbatim from the thing. I, I didn't even pick up on it until reading about it. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, whatever, uh, like Kurt Russell looks at like the the spider monster, the spider head monster walking yeah. away, and he's like he yells at it. Um, but like the one the one person always sticks out to me every time I watch this, and I love it that he's in this is uh, uh, Tomo Apinaket, uh, which he's Henry, he's the the husband in the beginning, okay, because he's Hilo from the Battlestar. Uh, the remake, the, yeah. the, the TV series. And I'm just like, and he was one of my favorite characters. And I'm like, like, Hilo, why didn't you do more? Because I thought he, <laughs> and he had Leslie Bibb as his wife. She yeah. was the robot. Like, but I, every time I saw him, I'm just like, oh, it's Hilo. Like, I don't know why. It, just made, it always makes me happy. I just wish that he would have done, I wish he'd have been given more opportunities to do other things. Uh, but it's like that. So the first time I watched it, I, I, I you know, I was excited because I'm like, I know him. Uh, but then there's other, other names in here too. And it's just, uh, yeah. Um, 
but I, you, you're right. I think this thing's kind of grown. Uh, we talked about hitting the festival circuit. I also think there was an art book released uh, like of the film, like of the concept art, yeah. before the film was actually widely available. I think that's also something that like got people like, like this was this was like early internet or earlier internet where you couldn't just get to everything. So this always kind of existed in like the corners of like that's the film I want to see. Right? Why can't we get to it? Like, and it kind of I think in a way it did hurt it on its initial release, but I think it built kind of a shadow that once it finally came out and lived up to it, I think that helped like cement it like uh, versus a film that you'd only heard about. And then like you finally watch it like, well, this is kind of garbage. I can see why it was shelved. This is that thing where you said that you're right. The, the studios didn't know how to handle it. And it's, like, it's a legitimately good movie. Like, oh, it, yeah. it's, it's well-crafted, really well done. Um, like I, it's, it's, it's almost perfect except for the dress shopping part. <laughs> With the exception of finding Halloween costumes on Halloween night. Yeah, other than that. <laughs> um, you know, I want to talk a little bit, too, about the look of the film. Um, I mentioned earlier that you can kind of feel his passion uh, for both the holiday and the story that he's telling throughout the movie. Um, but there's so many wonderful... Um, and I guess it's interesting because when we think of Halloween... I think a lot of us automatically think of licensed characters at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and they had to work around that. So they invent everything. Like he even talks about how the fact that uh, the candy, they couldn't show like name candy. So they had to make up uh, a bunch of different candy names uh, and wrappers and do yeah. those designs. The costumes are all, some of them are approximations. Like the one is clearly like a snow white dress, but clearly not enough to not be uh to have a legal action taken on it we'll put it that way um but you know the design of sam um the design of the kids on the bus and we're gonna get to that segment here in a moment um all the costumes they're wearing are like these handcrafted sort of clearly creepy costumes um and they look great um the spirit of Halloween is just sort of felt throughout the whole movie. Um, the production design is amazing. And uh, everyone who worked on it, I think you could tell, really put their heart into it. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's a solid. And and so um, I think, if I remember, I, I think I was working out Blockbuster at the time. I don't know. Whenever day, I always make the joke, whenever day is a vacation, like it's just a blur. Um, so when it came out, I think I got a hold of that like the week before it was actually in release mm-hmm. and watched it because I'd heard about it and just like fell head over heels with it. So it's, it's like something that the moment was accessible, like you said, like it just, it just, you, you love it. Yeah. And I, I can't think of another, another movie that kind of has this, um, not not aura around it, but like this was something that you'd like. What's another What's another project that's been gestating for a couple of years? That in this case, this thing was completed, just wasn't released. Right. Like, can you think of another thing where you're like, well, if only we ever got to see that, you yeah. know? Like, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's always the, um, you know, the uh, what would have uh, Lord Miller's version of of the solo movie been like, or things like that. But that wasn't even complete, you know. Yeah. Um, Screen Rant as a, as a website keep putting up all these like 
someone there's pissed that, that the Snyder never got to finish his version of uh, Justice League because every other day I see something in my newsfeed of it's like oh uh, Junkie XL's admitted that he scored the Snyder cut it's like he probably did do some music for that because that's what he was supposed to do but yeah. it's not like he said that he's like you know what this three hour movie that doesn't exist I want to write a three hour score maybe he did but someone over there was just trying to will the Snyder cut into existence like every day yeah and I will say it's not going away so yeah. I don't know. I I don't know. I I have no interest in it. But I guess if you're a fan of that those films, and you think that that movie is going to be somehow a more amazing version version of uh, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, uh, to each their own. Um, but but it's just it's rare for for us to hear about a film being done entirely and completed. Like you end up seeing. Every so often, there there's films that that get dropped, uh, like a year or two later, because they did like you talk about marketing and placement, and they, maybe they weren't the best movie, but then suddenly, a star that was in it becomes a big deal. So like six months later, this film's out because they're like, oh, that's a recognizable yeah. name. Like you'll see that stuff sometimes, but there's not usually a lot of talk about films that are like kind of already people are already talking about that don't see the light of day, right? You know, so. I maybe I'm putting this thing on a pedestal, but it's just for something that it could have been okay and people still would go out and want to go see it. But the fact that this thing you said has so much heart and, and a lot of charm and some legitimately creepy moments and a lot of good humor, like it, um, yeah. I honestly don't see, understand, like we were talking about with the Disney Vault uh, and theaters having revival screenings of, of films. I don't understand why they're not like, Let's throw it in the theater for a week, you know, 10-year anniversary, whatever. Like, because it, it was released in 2009, even though it was made in 2007. But, like, wh what if they would have thrown it in for, like, this week, this last week of Halloween? Like, I think people would have gone to see it, yeah. you know? Um, it still boggles my mind the way that they don't seem to be doing anything with this wonderful movie that they have. Um, and I would go pay to see it in the theater because I never got a chance to. That, that's fair, yeah. Um, and then we do, you mentioned the, the the Krampus, which did you see Krampus? Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater, but uh, I own it on DVD. Yeah, and I watched and for whatever reason, I, I'm a bad movie watcher and I didn't get to it until this past holiday season. That's a, that's a wonderful, fun little movie. A little bit more like straight ahead narrative mm. because it's just one family over one night. Uh, but there, the, the, a lot of what I liked about Trick or Treat is easily seen in Krampus too. So yeah, um, so yeah, it's it just yeah, watch Krampus too. Like that's why I throw that out there as well. But so um, in terms of the movie, I know I put up a spoiler alert and we didn't really talk about spoilers, which I'm okay with. Uh, it's hard to say segments because the thing kind of cuts in and out yeah. of the different stories, but you have some main thorough, thorough ones where you have Dylan Baker, who is the principal of a high school. He's also the lizard. That's not true. Um, he was, he was, he never got to, he, be he, yeah, he never got to be Kirk Connors. Um, but he, uh, is like the, the high school principal and ends up poisoning the one kid that you heard at the very beginning of the show that has like this horrible reaction. <laughs> and I'd forgot about the bit. So the kid was already kind of dead or he was dead. And he is just like this overweight kid that's just full of chocolate, like Uder from The Simpsons, right? <laughs> and so Dylan Baker picks him up and brings him to the house. I forgot about the bit of him like trying to drag him in. And it's like, this kid's still full of chocolate. And you're yeah. the, just like squishing out of him. I'm like, oh. Yeah. And then there's that bit too, whenever he has to go answer the door because the kids are trick-or-treating, which yeah. they're also part of a story later. 
and only one of them noticed like the trail going into the house. Right. Like you just you see him put it together a little bit. <laughs> and like <laughs> and Dylan Baker's character's like, you know, basically like, you know, have a good night, go along now. You know? Um but it, this whole thing of him killing this kid and going to bury some people in the backyard, and you, you end up like his his small child, who's very loud. Uh, you know, you, you get this notion the entire time that he's hiding this from his kid or he intends to kill his kid. Right. And it ends up not at all where you're expecting it. That's another thing, too, that a lot of these stories like ended up in spots where I didn't expect them to go. Uh, so I, that was a lot of fun. That's when you first meet Brian Cox's character, you know, yelling, you know, screw you about the Happy yeah. Halloween. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's interesting that, uh, you know, the Dylan Baker segment, if we can say is, if the Leslie Bibb um, Hilo from Battlestar Galactica That's right. sequence is, you know, your cold open is the best way of putting it. The Dylan Baker sequence, uh, at least with the most of that story, feels like it's the first story or the first yeah. opening bit. Um, and it's interesting that we see everything from his perspective and we get glimpses of it from Brian Cox's character, uh, which I think is, his name is Creedy. I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, you sort of get a little bit from his perspective, but then later on when the movie bookends itself and we go to Creedy's story, we also get to see Dylan Baker's story now from his point of view, yeah. which is pretty fun. And then we end up learning that the, the, the cold open at the very beginning is actually the last thing that happens at the night in the night. So yeah. it's like, it's this kind of this fun little twisting of everything. Right. So, uh, but so yeah, we have that. We also have like the the the, the college girls coming to town to buy costumes and party, and Anna Paquin's character is like the younger sister, and you know you could tell that she's not entirely comfortable with everything, and it's just there's so much dialogue that it like for a horror film that that completely so like even the opening credits. Uh, it it does do um, it has its feel like creep show where it yeah. does do like the comic book interstitial, all that stuff. So you could tell that that this is where and like tell us from the crypt like it has, it knows where its roots are right. So when you have like such heavy handed dialogue like oh mother always said she was the run to the litter. It's like it's so right there yeah. in front of you the entire time of what's going on, but it works well because it means two things. I think other movies would just trip over themselves with that kind of like line delivery, but there's just like a lot of just things just said. You're like, yeah, this isn't going to go well for anybody involved, <laughs> and, I, and I love it. Uh, there's this, there's a lot of good jokes in there too. Like, uh, um, the 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 kids there trick or treating go to like the one person's house, and it's basically like this full on like orgy, but like in costumes. <laughs> yeah. And in the background, you see like the one guy dressed as a hot dog going after somebody, and then one of the kids makes a comment about what they saw. Yeah. But then I didn't notice until I was reading some of the trivia that later, whenever the girl, the the, the college girl stories pay off, he, one of the one of the dead bodies there. is a hot dog. And I'm yeah. like, oh, that's that guy from the party. <laughs> but I love that it's a guy dressed as a hot dog that got killed basically for food. Like I think that's such a great joke. Yeah, and I mean, I I, I will say that uh, you know they try to do as much practical effects as they possibly could with it and i did think it was an interesting idea instead of them changing 
they sort of take their skin off in the way that like you would take off your clothes. Yeah, that so the college girls turn out. They're all werewolves and Oh, they, I guess spoilers, yeah, sorry. Yeah, and they invite all the people to all the dudes <laughs> to this party in the Shepherd's Meadow or the Shepherd's Glen or whatever they called it. And then uh, Anna Paquin's character who's dressed like Little Red Riding Hood uh, basically is looks like she's being accosted by this like Phantom of the Opera type looking guy. Uh, the entire time, which that's also another reveal that the yeah. first time I watched the film, I'm like, oh crap! Like I didn't realize what was going on, and you didn't, you didn't need to have that character be there, but it works pretty well too in terms of like mm-hmm. comeuppance of like who's the victim. Um, but she lured this guy in, and it's her first time. But yeah, it's more like it's almost like a skinwalker type of thing where you know they're wolves underneath, and they're taking off their costumes and their their skin, which is basically their costumes, and it's it's a very creepy effect. You know, once you get to all of them, like, you know, disrobing if it was, you know. Yeah. Especially running the fingernail, like, across the back and seeing the blood and it's ripping. It's a good mix for, because CG wasn't, it was, still wasn't the strongest at that time when the film was, was made. Because it could either go really horribly wrong, and they just used just enough of it. And I think it works really well. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think that, uh, I don't want to use the term weakest, because I don't think it's weak at all. I mean, it's my least favorite segment of the film but that's only because it's just maybe not as strong as my opinion it's not weak or strong because it's really about being favorited it, like, i think because it's, i love it, it's the one that is it you see where it's going the entire time and it doesn't deviate outside of like oh she's dressed like little red riding hood these guys these girls are just inviting all these dudes to this area they're going to party and she keeps talking about it being her first time it's like you know that's kind of we get flipped on its head and it gets flipped exactly the way you expect it to right and it doesn't I, make it any less fun right yeah because i think the the other stories i think the the I think the Dylan Baker story is is ridiculously a lot of fun. It's gross. It's got wonderful moments uh, with him, whether he's trying to, you know, in the backyard, uh, burying the body to um, him trying to deal with his son and not draw attention um, to uh, the um, school bus crash legend that uh, yeah. uh, we'll say comprises the third story. Um, Third and fourth story, yeah, yeah, uh, which is my, I think my favorite of them, uh, simply because it's the creepiest. Um, and there's something about um, those kids. I I guess maybe it's because I remember riding the bus and like getting excited when I was pulling up towards my house, like I was gonna get off the bus, I was gonna go inside, and I was free, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. And there's a moment where uh, let me set this up real quick. Um, one of the segments is about this school bus crash that killed a bunch of kids. Uh, I think it's 20 years, 30 years prior, something like that. Yeah. And uh, basically, we come to find out that those kids will are all like special needs kids. And the rumor is is that the parents of those kids couldn't handle them anymore and paid off the school bus driver to get rid of them. But we don't we don't know how that, he was supposed to do it. That's right, the one that's, thing that's ever ever said. Because it's it's and it's all supposedly rumored that that's what the idea yeah. was. But like it's kind of clear that there was something going on because the kids are actually handcuffed to the, the bus. I think that's the part now in my most recent watching is the part that bothers me the most about everything because mm-hmm. it's like like yeah, he was still he was hired to get rid of these kids, and that's that's the worst part of it. But the fact that they're all handcuffed, and he goes through, 
and he's trying to give them candy. And it's like, I don't know what the mindset is of that. And it's like, that's just the most messed up thing is like, yeah, I'm about to off these kids, but I don't want them to know that. So I want to give them candy, but they can't necessarily grab it because they're handcuffed to their seats. Right. But there's a there's a moment, there's a kid who's wearing a wonderful Dracula mask. I love that <laughs> Dracula mask. It's so cool. Um, but uh, he realizes that they're not headed home. And all he just keeps, he's like, home home and he starts shaking and he just keeps saying home 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 all over again and there's something unsettling about that that's how i was with the uber driver the other, like the other night when i was coming <laughs> back from uh, from your place he's like want to talk about sports i'm like home home, home. <laughs> um and i'm like why am i handcuffed to the back of this uber <laughs> there's something just so unsettling about that and, and remembering like what it was like when i was a kid riding the bus and how excited i was to actually get home uh after school because it was like I don't know. It wasn't like I hated riding the bus, but it felt like an extension of being in school. Yeah. Like go sit on the bus and you got to sit on there for another 20 minutes or however long it took you to get home. And you got to wait for every other stupid kid to get off. And (laughs) so, um, but yeah, that, that sat with me, uh, particularly every time I watch it, 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 it just gets creepier and creepier. And then there's even the one, like all the costumes on that bus all look different. Yeah. Like, and it's almost like a glimpse into, like, the personality of these kids that you never see their faces. But, like, there's the one that's, like, paper bag, but with, like, teeth. the cut-out picture of teeth. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, ugh, something it's... about that just doesn't does not feel And then there's the one in the back has, like, the really tall head. Yeah. Like, it makes me think of, like, the characters from um, Nightmare Before Christmas a little yeah. bit with how that is all kind of positioned. And it's just, like, so, like... This is already the stuff of nightmares, but I'm supposed to feel sympathetic for these kids, but they scare me, and I don't, right. and I shouldn't feel scared by them. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, the kid with the the the, the Dracula mask keeps saying home. He he gets out of his uh, restraints, and then well, by the way, the bus is parked near a quarry. Yeah, like just your your random quarry as you do. You know, like <laughs> I like how they call it an abandoned quarry. It's like how do you abandon a quarry? It's always going to be a quarry, right. regardless of <laughs> if you're putting stuff in it or not. It's always good. It's like, you know, how about unused quarry? Because it's... it's <laughs> Not in use quarry. Yeah. And then he ends up, like, somehow getting the bus to go, like, to just... I, I don't think I could put a bus in gear, let alone... Yeah. But whatever, you know, when there's a will, there's a way. And this kid ends up causing the bus to go off the edge into the, into the you know, the quarry down below, into the water. And that was my one question my wife asked. She's like, could a bus sink that fast? I'm like... Hell yeah, I can sink that fast. That thing's heavy as all get out. And it's just full of windows. Of course that thing's just done. Like it's gonna right. sink. It's gonna sink quickly. You know? <laughs> um yeah. So the kids go with it and then uh the bus driver actually gets out. So, yeah, the, so bus, the rumor goes. The yeah. bus driver, yeah, supposedly survived. Um, but with that is interwoven another story about these other children in modern t- in, in the modern day story, if you will. Um, and they're basically setting up a prank uh, for a girl who has not similar. She's autistic. I she, believe. she looks like she's on the spectrum. They don't yeah. get into specifics. However, she is socially awkward. And as they're as these three are looking for pumpkins that night for this prank, they go to her house and there's like a hundred of them on the front lawn because she carved them all, which is you know feels like that does say something about her that like she is very like specific. Yeah. About what she does. Um. Yeah. So I mean, and the movie handles her well. Like yeah. they don't, they don't, they don't make her a joke. Though the kids mistreat her, she's not a joke. Yeah. You know. Um. 
Though I do like the bit of like, she's like, stand near the jack-o'-lanterns, they'll protect you. I'm like, says who? Like, there's no guarantee. <laughs> like, that's, you know. Yeah. Uh, but they uh, they lure her to the quarry to try and play a prank on her. And, uh, you know, without giving any, way, any more spoilers than we already have, we'll just say it doesn't go the way the kids expected it no. to. Um, and that one has like an interesting little, in, like little, not ambiguous, but it has a little bit more of a gray ending. Like, yeah. where it's like, oh, huh. You know, and and I just like I like how Sam as a character just kind of wanders through all of it. Yeah, and he only has like a like he directly is involved with like two of the stories. And I, I should say too that uh, you know uh, Doherty was talking about the creation of Sam, and like he looked at you know when he was originally making that animated uh, bit that uh, season's greetings. Uh, I think it's only like two minutes. Yeah. Um, you know, he he realized that there's no real icon in, in the sense of like, you know, Christmas, there's Santa Claus, Easter, there's an Easter bunny. There was no real like, you know, a face of Halloween, if you will. So he, when he was ki- cobbling together, you know, the character of Sam, you know, he sort of pulled in, you know, elements like the burlap and the, the sack and he wanted him to be a kid, you know, because that's... Uh, that's what I think a lot of people associate Halloween with is trick or treating, yeah. um, and so much so that like they used a real kid for a lot of the Sam stuff. Um, and I loved his logic as he's like, because kids are sort of they they move in a way that adults don't. They're kind of clumsy. They're still trying to you know <laughs> they they just move in a different way. It's almost like when I think of like how my puppy you know he he's doppy with his big paws and you know tries yeah. to get around and. Um, you know, he moves away in ways that are far different than an adult dog. Um, I love the fact that that innocence and that sort of character comes out of Sam without ever having any dialogue and not having a facial expression. Like yeah. everything's done with body movements and that, and I, I do think as we keep going along, Sam is going to become more and more iconic when it comes to Halloween. The, they, like the, I love it whenever there's a character that has like a mask that you you can't see them, but they still have to project. Like, mm-hmm. and, and it goes back to the the Friday Thirteenth thing of the head tilt. Like they had yeah. Sam do that a little bit uh, when I was watching those Happy Death Day films. Like that baby mask that's in that is just stuff of nightmares. But they'd have <laughs> whoever's wearing that mask like just cock their head to one side, and you're like. I don't know why, but it feels like they're looking at me now. Like I don't understand, yeah. like like this, like this very static image, like on the face. But like Sam, like it, but it's like it's just the way that the head moves, the way the body moves, projected, and how they got that out of a child. That's you know, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, like so yeah, he um, but he just drags this like just filthy burlap sack full of candy with him the <laughs> entire time. Uh, yeah, and then uh, when like the whole showdown with him and Brian Cox's character is just it's. It's a lot of fun, like because he because Brian Cox's character actually goes through a couple logical steps of how to deal with mm-hmm. the problem. But then, but then there's these fantastical things too, like uh, a bit where he falls down the steps because it's all covered in like candy, mm-hmm. and it just shows you how how dangerous candy can be if it's not handled <laughs> properly. You know, like there's the the razor blade and the and the the candy bar that ends up being used to. It's like there's all these like urban legends or things yeah. that you see. That, well, I mean, I guess putting like stuff in candy is not an urban legend, but um, but he keeps playing with all those like notions of everything, and it's it's yeah, that, that segment is fun. Uh, but then there's some other stuff revealed throughout too. You're like, oh, there's more going on than just this. Yeah, and I think that's what makes that story work. I think without that 
extra texture that was there, uh, particularly the way it's going to end, um, I don't know that it would have worked as well. And the fact that it caps off the story, but then you realize that, again, even at the end of the movie, other characters are still moving through mm-hmm. um, where the movie's ending. And it's 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 one of those movies where you get done watching it and you're like, wow, I bet you if I watch this again, I'm going to find something that I missed. Yeah, I, I, this time around... Um... And I, I will blame uh, my watching of too many cooks over and over again. The video that's on, on YouTube that I, I made. I made uh, your 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 friend Ryan. I mean my friend Ryan as well, but your your partner on the site slasher. I made him watch it. Yeah. And I know I was kind of blitz, but I heard him just like howling at just different points while watching that. So I knew it went well. But uh, just like watching that and seeing how it gets weirder and weirder earlier each time you watch it. Yeah. Watching this too, I kept seeing. Like the the married couple through, I didn't notice them all the time through all the stories. And I, there's other bits too that like they're there in front of you, and you're like, oh, this thing is really tightly woven together. Mm. And there's some there's some fun payoffs and all that. Like, and again, it doesn't have to be, but it's great. And I enjoyed this movie. I'm glad that we saved it for the very end of the month because this is a story about Halloween, and we're talking about this on you know Devil's Night before Halloween. Because um, Steve and I are going to go out later and just wreck the city. Um, and <laughs> crow style. Crow style. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to go get some uh, some road sodas and uh, just go riding around. Smoke some road beers. Yes, yeah, smoke some road beers. Fire it up. Yeah, and then I'm, we're going to do shots in which we put a bullet in our mouth and, and swallow <laughs> it. That's what we're going to do. Ugh. Um, and then go evict some people from some apartments, and that will never end. Uh, that nothing bad will ever happen ever again. Uh, right. No, uh, no. This will be. This is a good one to, to actually come out on Halloween. And again, I know we like. This is one of those ones where we could tell you beat by beat everything that happens, but that doesn't ruin the film. Like, right. This is just. It's just a wonderful, like, love letter to the season, which I that you you said it best. It really does. Like. Yeah, like all all month long, you'll watch scary movies because it's October. It's like, but it's like for me, like when it comes to like Christmas, I'm not the biggest Christmas guy. However, there's like two or three movies that I feel like is Christmas to me if I watch it. And this isn't the same thing, but like I feel like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation is that mm-hmm. movie for me because it does get a lot of that family like dysfunction vibe oh, yeah. and, and that stress of trying to get the decorations up and then just the whole trying to like, and it goes very cartoonish, but that's like the one for me because it feels as ridiculous as the film is, it is just family, one family trying to put up with the rest of their family over the course of a holiday. Right. And I, I enjoy that because it has a much big, even, even when Chevy Chase is in the attic watching like old home movies, it's like you get that like, oh, there is a little bit of heart to this. Yeah. <laughs> as he's stuck in the attic. <laughs> but that's not this movie. But yeah, good choice. This was, uh, I hadn't watched this for a couple of years. I don't know why. Like, um, we've had it it's like yeah. i've seen this i've seen this film multiple times but i just i didn't get to it last year or the year before i don't know why this is this should be required halloween viewing yeah and uh the they're no longer around as a network anymore um and i don't know if uh maybe it's because of the advent of streaming services you know um that there really isn't a horror channel that i know of off the top of my head that really sort of is out there i mean amc i think does 31 days of horror i think um Oh boy, um, for like Freeform, Freeform, which used to be ABC Family. Yeah, I think they do like Thirty One Days of Horror or Halloween. Um, but this, there was a channel called Fearnet, and for the brief time that they were on, I think for a couple Halloweens, they ran it twenty four hours a day on Halloween, the same huh. way that like uh, Christmas, Christmas Story would play. That's funny. And I kind of feel like that's that's what this movie 
is. It's it's the Christmas story version. Yeah, that's probably a better call, but I mean my, my yeah, Christmas story, you're right. That's just kind of that again, was not a successful box, box office film. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and kind of got like found its acclaim well well after it was and released. It, and it actually is a well done fun movie. You yeah. Know? Yeah, you're right. That's that's probably a better analog than for most people than Christmas Vacation for me. You're right. That's a good... Well, it, I, I yeah. don't know if it's so much that. I just no, I think it's I, a, a something that people identify now with the holiday in the same way people identify Christmas Well, it's just... But, like, there's still all these little mini narratives going throughout mm-hmm. the Christmas story, too. So, you know, yeah. That's that's a really good call. Like, yeah. And I, I hope that uh, at some point, you know, we get a trick-or-treat, too. Maybe this is one of those things that is, you know its own perfect little thing that can remain itself and not be touched by other hands. But I, I also think that, uh, you know, instead of, you know, we had like 10 years of a saw movie coming out, like why not every couple yeah. of years, a trick or treat, you know, whether Doherty writes and directs or he just oversees it. Um, I, you know, I, this could have been like when they tried to change Halloween into an anthology series with Halloween three, this is kind of the thing that they could have done where it's like every couple of years a new trick or treat and a new set of stories. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's... Well, then, so did you see that scary stories to tell in the dark film? I, just I still out? haven't seen it yet. I, I guess I've, it also kind of has a similar vibe where it's a lot of, well, I, I guess it's one big narrative, but it kind of intercuts. Okay. So maybe that's like something like that. I, my wife liked it a lot. I've not had a chance to see it. So. Yeah. I wanted to see it in the theater and I brought it up to my wife and she had seen the one trailer where a girl has spiders coming out of her face and she's like nope so <laughs> i mean as you do now uh so all right if you if you've not seen trick-or-treat seek it out it's it's easy enough to find it's a it's available to like rent for like four bucks do yourself a favor um if you're looking for a halloween movie to watch on halloween night just watch trick-or-treat it's a lot of fun and it's also even though it is gory like, cause I have friends that aren't big horror movie people cause they don't want to be scared. There mm-hmm. are some, like some creepy moments in here, but I wouldn't call this like a scary movie. Right. But that's not like, I don't think that was aiming for, I think it was aiming to be like, you know, um, like you, you could still like have the, the joy of Halloween without having to like sit there on the edge of your seat. Like, cause you, you're watching what the, the characters are going through and you know, you're cheer you're actively cheering at some of them. You're hoping others make it out. Like I just, you know, I don't feel like this film's jump scary. Maybe the last segment has some of that going on. Well, I also think too, that people use the term scary movie or use a movie like their barometer by how scared they were is how good of a movie it is. And I think that that's inherently wrong Yeah. Um, because I can watch something like hereditary and I don't know if I consider it scary. It just creeps me the hell out, and that's a different <laughs> that's a different vibe than mm. being you know scared throughout the entire movie or jump scares or tension. And I I think that you know you should base it on how much you enjoy the movie, what the movie gives you, as opposed to well, I didn't get as many scares out of it as I would have liked. Well, that movie is not. I think that movie works so well because it's a lot of comedy. It's a lot of um, ingenuity going into the different stories. It's a lot of different moments. You know that I, I, we're, I mean, we're ending the segment, but again, like I said, with the the bus sequence, you know, there are things in that that just creep me out. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that I was like horrified or scared. You know, out of my mind watching it, but I enjoy it a hell of a lot. So. Um, 
I don't know. I guess that's a personal thing. I think sometimes when I read horror views, it's like if, if you know, people are like, oh, it wasn't that scary. And it's like, all right, but again, there's more value to a horror movie than just being scary. Yeah. So. It's like, it'd be like, oh, that comedy, you know, like, oh, I didn't laugh every three seconds. Like, well, what's the barometer of that? And also, right. what's that film trying to do? You know, like, <laughs> oh, this romance, I didn't feel swept off my feet at all. Like, <laughs> What? Like anyway. So, yes, uh Trick or Treat check it out. Uh it is it's it's wonderful and um it just it, it gets better when you, the, the you know, each time you watch it just because you can tell that it's it's finely crafted and it's just tightly woven and it's a lot of fun. So, please, please, please if you've not seen it, watch it. If you've not seen it in a while, watch it. And it's a really fun movie to end our spooky anthology based Halloween series uh, or October stuff, yeah. whatever. Not, not an official name. I don't know. We'll start prepping for next year now. Yeah, right. So, all right. Uh, that's going to do it for that. Uh, so, I, I think, Steve, last week I forgot to have you push your things. And I feel bad because I think did we did. We? I just I it, thought it got, we did. We, maybe. It got a little, you know, I don't remember a whole lot of the tail end of that show last week. So, I remember Karen Black being chased by a doll. And then her having creepy teeth at the end of that movie. Um, but yeah, uh, you you, uh, you can find us on Invasion of the Podcast. We have a Facebook page. Uh, you can find us on Invasion, Invasion of the Podcast.com. That is the blog. My guarantee is that in November, we're going to put an asterisk right by it. And the asterisk is going to be like, not really guaranteed. I will get to more canon films to write about them because we, I need to get caught up. Because I know it kind of spun out there for a little bit, but I'll have more new canon reviews up soon. Uh, new canon, and my reviews of canon films soon. These films aren't new, uh, and you can find us on um, uh, Stitcher, Podbean, Google Music, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your uh, podcast. Please rate and review us; they'd be greatly appreciated. And Steve, how can people find you? Uh, you can find me at the Saturday Night Slasher dot com. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at the Saturday Night Slasher, or you can buy a copy of issue one of the Saturday Night Slasher on Etsy from our store, The Art of the Slash. Um, we are going to be at Genghis Khan uh, at the end of November. It's actually literally the well, actually I think it's December first. It's either November thirtieth or December first. I can't remember now. Uh, but it's to show a up small, both days. To yeah. show up both days. <laughs> well, it's a Sunday show, so if you show up both days, uh, one of those days we won't be there. Uh, but it's a one day show. It's that Sunday uh, at the end of the month. Um, and it's a small press show, a lot of local talent, a lot of folks, uh, uh, in the, uh, indie community, uh, indie comics community, at least, uh, hawking their wares. That's a great little show and we're looking forward to it and I'll, I'll pimp it more as we get closer. Nice. All right, and Dark Xmas is coming up. Are you doing that this time around? I was going to be doing Dark Xmas, but events that took place this month have sort of prevented me from uh, making plans to do two shows at the end of November. Oh, that's, that, so. Okay, sorry to drag that out. No, me, no, that's like, okay. Um, I, I think I had mentioned before that I was planning on doing Dark Xmas, uh, but uh, I made the decision just with... The way my October went, that uh, it was going to be a little bit more to handle at the end of November. Gotcha. To try and do well, two I'm shows. sure you and I could both go there and get sweaty walking around. Like, uh, well, it's co- in a new convent. It's a, a new place. Oh, it's in Mentor, and it's uh, right. supposedly a new hotel. So maybe they'll have restrooms that work. <laughs> that would be a blessing. <laughs> no, no fault of the convention. It's just that, like, I don't think. I, it makes me I'm wonder, pretty sure that's why they moved. Is it, how everything just went wrong at that last I, it show. It just makes me wonder, like if, like if I was on a cruise ship that had that many problems, if I wouldn't feel like unsafe in my destination. Like it's just one of those things. Where every time you turn around, you're like, what? No, this there. 
how are people paying money for this? Like right. it just kept getting worse and worse, <laughs> right? Like, um, so, all right, let's uh, now now on to we got this game of uh, Would You Rather, um, and I will stop spinning my wheels. And we'll get to it right now. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> I'm just off my game because at this point, usually in the podcast, we're just done talking about our weekends. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to keep this going here with uh, uh, a game of Would You Rather, a Halloween edition. If okay. You will. So uh, um, these are pretty self-explanatory, obviously. Would you rathers are where I give you an option. Which one you would prefer? Okay. Um, I can't believe I just... No, I, it's, it's... I can't believe I just mansplained to you, <laughs> would you rather. Um, <laughs> so, first one here. Uh, would you rather sit in a pumpkin patch all night long and miss Halloween? Or would you rather go trick-or-treating but only come home with a bag full of rocks? <laughs> oh, this is the Linus paradox. Yeah. Um, oh... I'd rather just sit in a pumpkin patch and, and miss Halloween because you, you didn't say what I could bring with me. So I'd probably, you know. So you drink, took a bag of candy a, with a, you? Or a bag of tiny little balls of liquor. <laughs> <laughs> You're just sitting in the pumpkin patch. Just a little tiny balls little of fireball. <laughs> you know, like just, I'll eventually see a great pumpkin. I can tell you that. All right. That's a good answer. I like that. Uh, this next one here. Uh, would you rather carve a jack-o'-lantern using only sporks from KFC or would you rather play Bob for Apples in a vat of tepid chicken grease? Oh, no. No, 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 no. But neither. God damn it. Why? Uh, <laughs> does, does, do I have to actually complete a jack-o'-lantern or do I just try? <laughs> you have to complete a, a jack-o'-lantern. Oh, well, so a... you're either doing it for hours upon hours on end or. <laughs> no, I just, I'd still do the jack-o'-lantern. I'd try. Like I would, uh, I'd will that thing into existence other than doing the bobbing for apples and chicken grease. I think that's a good call. Yeah. Although it it would be a shorter amount of time, but no, there's no guarantee I'd get an apple. No, that's fair because yeah. you got it because the whole point you're supposed to get an apple. So I could be repeatedly trying to get an apple that's covered in chicken grease with just my teeth. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna throw up in my mouth. Uh, oh, th- I didn't even think about that. Oh, you know you get that one weird lump too. You're just like that's oh. not yeah. yeah. Yuck. All righty, so this next one here. I, I like that we start the episode with somebody vomiting, and then we're going to end it with Steve actually <laughs> vomiting. And in the middle of the episode, I talked about how I vomited. This is a very, uh, very Vomit pukey. Heavy. Yeah, yeah. Very, yeah, very pukey episode. All righty, so this next one here. Would you rather be stuck in a latex mask <clears throat> a latex mask for hours on end on a rare 85-degree Halloween night, or would you rather wake up on November 1st to find your car has been filled with shaving cream, the windows egged, and hot dogs have been shoved under the door handles? just because i know that'd just be a mess to deal with i guess i'd do the latex mask even though i'd probably just kill myself (laughs) i know that you don't like the heat neither do i so i I had to really pick a but you picked heat and also like the feeling that you can't escape (laughs) like the latex mask you know yeah, I uh, was trying to think of a costume-themed one, and the latex mask seemed like the most uh, horrific. So. Yeah, I would agree. Um. Alrighty, so this next one is another trick-or-treating question. So, would you rather go trick-or-treating and receive only circus peanuts, or go trick-or-treating and receive only candy from the bottom of old women's purses? So, 
you know, I, I guess if I had to choose between the two, I would pick the circus peanuts just because I don't. I'm not required to eat them, and it would actually be easier traveling over the course of the night. Yeah, uh, and uh, and we also know here on the show that it's not circus peanuts; it's circus penis. <laughs> So I guess I'd have a bag full, a sack full of circus penis walking around. Which is what I would call it. Yes. All right, this next one here. Uh, would you rather have pumpkin beer be available for only one day a year on Halloween, or would you rather have it available, but everything else you have to eat or drink is pumpkin spice the entire month of October as well? That's Well, it feels like October anyway. I don't, like, actually, I take that back. That feels like late August, most of September already, you know, like... Uh, everything. It feels like everything's pumpkin spice anymore. So, um, and considering that pumpkin beer is not available now, it's like the day before Halloween. Yeah. Like you can find a little bit of it, but, but you can still find costumes. <laughs> yeah. I, everything's Christmas beers now and that's frustrating, but also delicious. So I, you know, um, it's a frustratingly d- delicious, delicious problem. problem. Yeah. Um, cause like, I don't know what it is. Um, Great Lakes Brewing put out their, um, Ohio city oatmeal stout and, you know, everything about it normally isn't something I like, but it has that nice, like, I don't know, full flavor that you expect for, like, a winter beer. So mm-hmm. they just came out. So, of course, I had that before Halloween. Uh, to answer your question, I guess because it's reality, I'd rather have pumpkin beer available and everything else tastes like pumpkin spice because that's what happens. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that's fair. I can't make an argument against that. All righty. So this next one here, uh, would you rather eat a candy apple covered in dog hair <laughs> Or would you rather drink apple cider that has an unknown percentage of urine in it? Mm. Now, so, now that could mean it's seventy five percent urine or one percent. Oh, it could be it could be ninety nine percent urine. <laughs> Both of the, I I mean I would throw up either way. Like, well, actually, let's put it this way: Would I know about the cider until? After I drank it, would it be one of the so you other? You know, going in that there's an unknown quantity of urine in it. But the other because you can is... see the hair on a, a candy apple. That's yeah, you know... but the, but it can, everything sticks to a candy apple, and that's disgusting. And I would throw up trying to eat it. <laughs> um, so I guess if I have to, I guess I would drink. I guess I would drink pee with apple juice in it. I guess you know an unknown amount of apple juice in this pee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I feel like uh, the fact that I have two dogs and two cats. I I get the occasional hair, unfortunately, every once in a while. Anyway, so I have I try and work my oh, way around the candy apple. I have the worst like gag reflex with like a lot of things, and that just feels like that would just make me just vomit all over the place. That's like funny. again another vomit related situation. <laughs> Alrighty, so uh, I've got three left, okay. and these are all they're gonna get. You know, worse as we oh, go. Oh, good, good. So uh, this next one here is kind of a softball. Would you rather covered in animal hair? <laughs> would you rather face off against Michael Myers on Halloween night, or would you rather face off against Sam from Trick or Treat on Halloween well, night? Well, you didn't get to say which Michael Myers, so I'm going to pick uh, Austin Powers, Michael Myers. Um, You're correct. You I'm, found a loophole. I'm, I'm going to pick Wayne Campbell, Michael Myers, because uh, we can just hang out. <laughs> like that's that's a uh, that's my solution. I'm going to party on with Wayne. All right. I think he might actually uh, judo chop you though, as Austin Powers. That's so. fine. That's that's still you know that's that's really that's preferable. You know. All right. Next time we do this, I got to make sure that I don't leave any <laughs> loopholes in there for you to find your way out. <laughs> All righty. Uh, second to the last one here. Would you rather dress as sexy Mr. Rogers or would you rather dress as sexy Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory? 
because okay, I have I have my reasons why. So I would not <laughs> I would not want to besmirch Mr. Rogers and okay. try to burn that in people's minds. And because I know I would be a shitty Sheldon Cooper, <laughs> like you know, regardless of of gender assignment with that, bring it. I I would just wrote, I would just I would probably get rip roaringly drunk on tiny bottles of liquor and just yell bazinga in everybody's faces. And they'd be like, oh, that guy's really a fan of Big Bang Theory. I'm like, oh, I so am. And like, I would just, you know, <laughs> I would just yell pop reference over and over again. You to know? be fair, it was almost an Ernest Klein cosplay. That it's, doesn't feel like that's far <laughs> off. Alrighty, so this last one here is is pretty awful. <laughs> so uh, would you rather be at the front part of a human centipede <laughs> or would you rather be covered by a flesh blanket where you continually catch your breath just before you die? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, <laughs> I I do. I mean, I really don't want. I really don't want to pick one of these, but I know that I I, I committed to this. So, a flesh blanket. Yeah. That, so, um, I should give a little context to this. But maybe uh, I don't know. <laughs> this could make it worse. <laughs> flesh blanket is apparently a indie horror low budget film. Um, that has popped up in my Instagram a couple of times, and I believe it's on Amazon Prime now. But the trailer I watched uh, is basically a large, <laughs> overweight man who uh, takes his shirt off and lays on people until they die. <laughs> and it's called Flesh Blanket. Uh, no, I neither. I just, I guess, I guess if I had to choose one of the worst things, it'd be the front of the human, human centipede because at least you know. At least there's that going on, you know. You have the you have the you have the potential of surviving. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that wraps up our Halloween. All right, everybody. I hope you're still you listening. Rather. Yeah, that's this. That was terrible. Wow. Uh, a lot of fun until the end there. I'm sure that's what people in the human centipede would say, as well as sufferers of the flesh blanket. Um, evidently, there's a film out there called Killer Couch that is about a killer recliner. Okay, I mean, there's also Deathbed. The well, bed yeah, yeah, but uh, a, uh, the Onion AV Club, just they did like this, they, they will look at like direct-to-video releases now called Home Video Hell, mm-hmm. and I guess this thing is like about a, uh, a like a, a recliner that actually does kill people, and it, it sounds bad enough that I want to watch it, but it, it sounds so bad that I think I'd just be frustrated the entire time, <laughs> but they say supposedly there's actual shots of like the chair creeping, it's like around the edge seeing its next victim, so the chair's leaning, you know, out of like, or, uh, like out looking, <laughs> and I kind of want to see that. I want to see a chair stalk people. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, that's going to do it for us this week and for for October. I hope you guys have a fun Halloween. Uh, watch some scary movies, eat a bunch of candy. You know, um, don't vomit. That's I guess that's also important. Don't do that. Uh, next week, uh, I know because since I, you know just ran through this month like a boy of china shop we didn't do a year of the canon for october but we're going to pick right up again with that next week it's there's going to be a lot of canon <laughs> in november um we're, we're going to be looking at uh over the top the wonderful uh, stallone arm wrestling film that uh we've been dancing around and i just figured it was such a big target that would not be worth our time however now that we have ran through the meadows that is Menachem golan's directorial efforts the, you know this feels like something we need to get to now. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause this is the most Canon thing in the sense of like, no, 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 we'll pay Wolverine alone. And it'll be a sports movie about arm wrestling. 
Yeah, and America has never given up its fascination with arm wrestling since. Yeah, so that's what we're going to watch is Over the Top. Uh, I forget what year they came out, but we'll get to that more. I feel like it's 86 or Something like that. It's towards the end of the 80s. It yeah. was like at the, the crest that was uh, that was uh, canon. So. Well, I guess Invasion USA was 86, so this is probably 87. Yeah, I feel like it, yeah, it came after. It had to come after, right? So we're going to look at We're going to fact check me right now. Um, film. Because it was like right, right when that film came out, eighty seven. All right, so yeah, we're, um, yeah, we're on, we're on the cusp of the collapse of canon, which will dovetail nicely in the last two films that we have picked yeah. out. So that's it. We're going to talk about over the top. Uh, we're going to turn our hats around backwards, like a, like a switch, and you know, and it's going to get, it's going to get crazy. We're going to compare it, its accuracy to arm wrestling versus um, hands of steel. Yeah. Um, we'll see how, how well it holds up. But that's going to do it for us this week. Again, ha- happy Halloween. And, yeah, I don't I don't know. I just. We'll I see you next week, and I'll bring the motor oil. Close down.